0: Thank you for checking out Blog Theater from Happy Living. Blog Theater is Scott Berry's take on a blog post on happyliving.com. Scott is a former NFL draft pick who has turned his talents to screenwriting and performing his critically acclaimed one man shows, Solo Gig Squared and Rise. He is a man of many talents, and we hope you enjoy his burst of inspiration. Three Questions, Three Powers, and Your Absolute Best Life. That is the title of the second of Matt Gersper's two part blog. Don't worry if you haven't read the first or listened to my commentary on it. I'll catch you up lickety-split. I am the blog tester after all. In the first, he introduces the concept of man-made gravity, a concept that struck me square in the chest, you know, the sobering idea that many of the limits I, we face, we, I have created all on our, my own. But, thankfully, after spinning us around like that, Matt introduces the three questions he uses to help him defy his gravity for us. But I wasn't ready to ask his questions the first time around. I needed a minute to think about it, ponder where my self-made gravity lives. Well, I thought about it and I decided I would try being my own devil's advocate, my own therapist, though I admit from experience that a real therapist can be much more objective and expensive than me. But I thought I'd take a shot at my own man-made gravity loop. Here goes. Time. I hate to admit it, but I have this nagging mantra in my head that time is not on my side. I don't have any time to spare. Seriously, I'm so busy with busyness, there isn't enough time to do all the things I really want to do. I mean, there's no time to meditate or practice yoga or go for long walks to ponder and tap into my true essence. And there's definitely no time to take action. In fact, When I see people with these gigantic, productive lives, I almost always think, who's got time for all that? Apparently they do. Embarrassment. If I take a chance on something, you know, really put it out there in the world, I could fail publicly. I've already done that before and it really sucks. Like the time I got cut by the San Francisco 49ers, that stung. I cried and moped and fell into a depression. It took me years to see how far I'd taken my athletic career, how fortunate I'd been, how much I'd accomplished. But because, maybe like you, I often get stuck in this entirely illogical conceit that everybody is thinking about me, waiting for me to fail publicly, as if the public really cares about anything I'm doing, as if success isn't an equal possibility. Fear. More specifically, fear of rejection. Sometimes I dread the thought of one more person telling me I'm not good enough or that my ideas suck. It almost doesn't matter how many people say, yes, all I can hear are the no's. You know, like when you're late and you get 10 green lights in a row, you don't even notice them. You're just zipping along, but then you hit that one red light. It's like the world has suddenly pointed its big red finger at you. Fear of rejection, illogical, unreasonable, entirely made up in my mind. Impatience. To be honest, I compulsively want everything to happen now and fast. It's why I talk so fast sometimes. The world around me just isn't moving as fast as my brain wants it to. And if it doesn't happen now and fast, I can get distracted and move on to the next shiny thing. And if the next shiny thing doesn't show results immediately, I might go back to the first or on to the next. Same for the third. And yet, you'd think I'd know better. Because all the most satisfying things I've ever done in my life took time and care and patience like the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen that Matt references in his blog. Small, incremental improvements that over time yield big results. Okay. I know that was all a bit self-deprecating, and I might have gone all psychoanalytical on you, but honestly, just speaking about my gravity out loud, admitting that I'm human and flawed, makes me feel better. Maybe you too, like none of it's real, like I made it all up. Or as Matt suggests, if I made it all up with my own two hands, I can sure as hell tear it down with those same two hands. This is the place in Matt's blog where he offers up his three questions to identify those areas of our lives where we naturally defy gravity. In other words, using the questions as a guide to our true selves. What inspires you? Why is it important to you? How will you bring it into your life? Or as he says, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Not what your parents want you to do or your boss thinks you should do or your spouse or friends or culture expect you to do. Not even what you expect you to do. Because all that expectation can sometimes get in the way of you. Yes, expectation. That might be one of my biggest gravities and the one I left off my list above because it was so embedded, so deep in me for so long. A quick anecdote to explain. I'm in college at UC Davis, majoring in engineering, mechanical engineering, because in my little farming town of Walnut Grove, population 725, that's what the sign says, if you weren't going to be a farmer, my family didn't own a farm, and had decided to go to college, not everybody in my family did, you were going to become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. One of those three professions, and only those. It's all we knew. It was the only way out. My sister became a physical therapist, close, a couple of cousins in the city became lawyers, and I was set for engineering, even though I had no idea what an engineer even does. But I thought it's what I was supposed to do. I didn't love math, but I was pretty good at it, and I was co-valedictorian of my class and was expected to choose a profession, one of those three. I couldn't study English. yeah, that kind of job does someone get with an English degree, an art degree, history, philosophy? Come on, you'll be mowing someone's lawn before you know it. I heard over and over. So off I went to Davis to study engineering, or rather face reality, because it was hard. One third of my first calculus class failed, literally failed with a big fat F. One of my roommates in the dorm even packed up his bags one day and went home in tears he failed so bad. It was the first and happiest C I ever got and on a curve. I slogged through my engineering classes because that's what I'd been taught to do in life. Slog. Work is supposed to be your work. Chemistry and physics and robotics and thermodynamics. I dreaded every second of it. And of the few electives I was allowed to take, I saw rhetoric one on the list. Speech writing. It was something I'd always loved to do, write and give speeches in grammar school and high school, rallies and graduation. There was something liberating about expressing myself, especially since I'd struggled so hard with it early in life. You see, I had a speech impediment as a kid. A twisting lisp. Scott Thundelberry was how I pronounced my name. If you listen close, you can still hear me struggle with certain words and letter combinations. And I was terrified to read out loud in class. So they sent me to speech lessons in the small special ed room. And the other kids made fun of me for the lisp and the room. But every night before bed, my grandmother would make me read out loud. I hated it at first. But over time, speaking out loud became a source of joy and accomplishment for me. And so our first assignment in Rhetoric 1 was to defend a nefarious, historic character. I was assigned Richard Nixon, Tricky Dick. I'm not a crook. What fun. Our professor suggested we read Shakespeare soliloquies and JFK speeches for inspiration, and we learned about parallelism. And after triumphantly giving my speech in class, I looked over at the professor for approval. But she was just staring off into space, thinking this odd look on her face. And so I waited for the other students to shuffle out before I dared ask what she thought. I assumed by her expression that she hated it. Either way, I had to know. So what'd you think? I said sheepishly. And she turned to me with that same odd expression and said, That's the best speech I've ever heard in any of my classes. Well, great, it worked and it was fun. It's an elective, they're supposed to be fun. That's why they call them electives. And then I walk back to the science library to pull my hair out and study for my structural dynamics final where I would also likely get a C. Because what kind of job does someone get with a rhetoric degree? See, it never occurred to me that I should follow my joy, the path of least resistance, the path that would still require much work and preparation, yes, but little effort and no angst. I got an A-plus in a rhetoric one. It was the only rhetoric class I ever took. It was the only A I ever got in college. It would take me 10 years of stumbling around looking for that same inspiration and feeling until I was cast in my first play. And then another five years until I wrote my first play and produced it in Hollywood. And then another couple of years until I wrote and performed my first solo show in San Francisco, putting writing and speaking together. Talk about Kaizen. So what inspires you? Passionate expression and thought inspires me. And why is it important to you? You know, how does it touch your heart? Speaking and writing touches my heart because it was something I had to overcome and because it's so often a contribution. How will you bring it into your life? For me, no matter how impatient I am, Kaizen is the key. Small, incremental actions over time that add up to big results. Or at the very least, our absolute best lives. Whatever form, big or small, they take. Thank you for listening to Blog Theater from Happy Living. If you enjoyed this performance, please leave us a kind review. To read the inspiration for this episode of Blog Theater, go to happyliving.com blogtheater.